mid-60s. Northerly winds at 5 to 10. Partly cloudy tonight. Lows in the lower 50s. Mostly sunny for Friday. Great way to end the week. Highs in the lower 70s. Mostly clear Friday night. Cool. Lows in the lower 50s. Sunny with temperatures back in the lower 70s for Saturday. Back into Saturday night. Lows in the mid to upper 40s with mostly clear skies. Sunny for Sunday as well. High temperatures returning to near normal back in the lower 70s. Clear Sunday night. Finishing up the weekend with lows in the lower 50s. Much warmer on Monday. Sunny skies. Highs in the high 70s. Mostly clear Monday night. Lows in the upper 50s. Mostly sunny for Tuesday. High temperatures pushing 80 degrees. And showers and thunderstorms return to the Mid-South next Wednesday. High temperatures again in the upper 70s to near 80. That's a look at your latest WREG-TV News Channel 3 Severe Weather Center downward sliding into the weekend forecast. I'm meteorologist Austin Onyx. Stay tuned for much more. Coming up with Bob and Josh on AM 730's Talk Back Live. In the headlines today, we've got and with three seconds left, Cleveland triggers in. James, two seconds, one second for the win. For number 23, the Cavaliers take a 3-2 lead in the series. And welcome back to the show. Talk back live with Bob and Josh. Yeah, there we go. Talk back live with Bob and Josh. Hey, in the NBA, inside the NBA last night, you heard it, folks. Um, hey, the big shot at the last second, three, and it went in, folks, uh, to get the Cavaliers, Cleveland uh, Cavaliers, those are the three-two win uh, as they're with the game count three-two over the. Which I'm gonna get to, yeah, yes, sir. Indiana, and so, hey, I, who would have thought the Cleveland Cavaliers would be at this particular point? Because a lot of people are saying, hey, they just don't have the juice to get it loose this time. And, uh, but hey, they're still in it. They're leading 3-2 to two in this series, Josh. The big shot last night, uh, LeBron James, 44 points. Did you think it would happen? Because at one point, Cleveland was leading by at least 10 or 11 points. Yeah, oh, by by more than that, um, especially in that third quarter, man, made a huge difference uh, in the game. Uh, Cleveland, you know, this series has been real interesting, man. Uh, back and forth, back and forth. Um, Cleveland nearly blew it uh, the game before because Indiana had a chance to get a three-one series lead on these guys, and of course uh, it came down to it. Uh, Kyle Korver, LeBron, kind of uh, pulled away in game 
in game four. I believe it was the last game. This is game five. Last night, and another classic between these two. Back and forth in the first two quarters. The third quarter, Cleveland gets out to a big lead thanks to a 32-17. to uh, They scored 32 points in the third quarter, Cleveland did, and Indiana only scored 17. So that uh, led to them pulling away. It was... It looks like it was around, uh, like you said, 13, 14 point lead and it looked to be pushing away. Cleveland did, but Indiana fought right back and actually outscored Cleveland in the fourth quarter, 22 to 17. But it came down to that last shot, man. And LeBron James, being LeBron James, uh, hit the big shot. And actually, one thing about LeBron is as great as he's been, he hasn't really been known for big time shots. Or big clutch shots uh, such as that. Uh, Game-winning shots, so to speak. And um, he hits this one. As a matter of fact, to me, it was very similar to the shot he hit years ago. I remember watching this live, too, in Cleveland, ironically, against Orlando. Uh, with uh, Dwight Howard was in Orlando. Same spot on the floor, same fadeaway and everything else. Over uh, Hito Turkulu at the time, who was playing for Orlando. But... LeBron, 44 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists last night, nearly a triple-double, 14 of 24 from the field, 15 of 15 from the free-throw line. So he was flawless uh, from the free-throw line as well. So, man, you know, big-time game. Everybody, um, he stepped up at least. I'm not going to say everybody stepped up. Him and Kyle Korver had the best games for Cleveland by far, man. But LeBron hit the big shot, and now we're headed to a game six back in Indiana. Cavaliers uh, win this series over Indiana. Uh, a lot of people have been speculating that Cleveland uh, is not going to be there this season uh, in the uh, in the finals or uh, go too far in the playoff. Will they win this? And they only have one game left, and they're going back to Indiana in the next game. And so can the Cleveland Cavaliers win this series? And if they do, how far will they go? 901 452 3094 901 452 3094. Those lines are busy. Call us at 901 324 7490. You want to talk inside the NBA and some other things? Josh, uh, last night, also uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Russell Westbrook, uh, again, uh, hit it big time against the Utah Jazz. Yeah, big game last night. Uh, it was on NBA TV this game. Uh, which which probably should have been uh, one of the main games on TV there. But nonetheless, Thunder get the win, 107-99 to, to last night over Utah. And the crazy thing about this game, the Thunder looked like they were done. They're down 3-1 in the series heading into this game last night. And, you know, you think, okay, it looks like it's all she wrote for Westbrook and company. This team's going to fall apart and everything else. And... Honestly, I was thinking that myself, too. I, I'm a fan of Russell Westbrook, people know. Uh, but it just seems like this combination of players has not been working, especially with Utah and their balance that they have on their team. But last night looked to be going the same way, uh, with Utah having a big lead, as many as 25 points. But the Thunder would not die. And that's one of the things... I know people criticize Russell Westbrook, and they, they criticize me for liking Russell Westbrook, and that's fine. But I'm going to tell you this. This is why I like him. I like guys that compete, that want to win. That It's like it's that's all that matters to them in life is winning that game in that moment. 
And that, I like those guys, man. They're the competitive nature. And that's what Westbrook is. And you saw it on full display last night. You're talking about Westbrook. 45 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 of 9 from 3. Hit every big shot you can imagine. Him and Paul George uh, finished with 34 points. Paul George did 8 rebounds, um, you know, 12 of 26 from the field. They both hit a lot of big shots late down the stretch, man. But the main story was Russell Westbrook. And that's what I'm saying. When you got a superstar of that caliber, MVP caliber, a guy that hates to lose, they have this switch they can flip when their back's against the wall that they're just not going to lose. And that's what happened uh, last night. Matter of fact, uh, reading this here, it talks about he was controlled for most of the game and too much for Utah, silent and serious. The reigning league MVP scored 33 of his 45 points in the second half alone. And OKC rallied from 25 points down to fight off elimination and beat the Utah Jazz 107-99 to in Game 5 last night. And I'm reading a quote from Westbrook here. He said, uh, it was win or go home, regardless of what is on uh, what's going on in the game, you have to give yourself a chance to win. And I thought our guys did a good job of that tonight. They did an amazing job of sticking together. And it's funny to say that because I, I honestly felt after the last game, this team was ready to get away from each other. Uh, it seemed like, you know, most people don't believe Paul George is going to be back with them next year, uh, which I don't either, uh, to be honest with you. A lot of rumors about the Lakers and other places. But well, all that being said, uh, you got to give them credit for extending this series. Um, one has to wonder: was it more Utah relaxing because they have a cushion? They necessarily they they needed a win to win the series, but necessarily didn't need to win. You know that some teams, when they have a cushion, maybe they can afford a loss, whatever the case may be. Uh, sometimes they they relax for a game and then they come back and and do that. I don't feel like that's what this was last night. I just think. Uh, Westbrook and company refused to lose. But, I'm going to say this though. All that being said, all that's nice. You see the same problem with the Thunder. The same problem was there. It, 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 they were just able to overcome it last night. And the problem was, Westbrook had 45. Paul George had 34. Now, that sounds like a good thing, right? Yeah. Two players on the same team having that those huge numbers. But nobody, nobody else had those numbers. Nobody else. Nobody else had more than seven points on the team. Carmelo Anthony had seven points, went two of six. Uh, you know, Steven Adams, 6.6 .6 rebounds. Uh, you know, Raymond Felton, two points. Patrick Patterson, zero points. You know, so, you know, this, the same problem reigns true. And if they're not, they're not able to fix that going into the next game. They are not going to beat Utah in the next game. So I still think Utah's winning the series, but it was uh it was good to see Westbrook go off like he did last night. Yes indeed. Nine zero one four five two three zero nine four you want to talk inside the NBA and what do you think uh concerning uh games last night and other games uh Josh that took place uh last night the uh uh let's see the game the, the Toronto Raptors uh the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, yeah, I got them. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, both of those games are going on. The Raptors played the yeah the I, the Raptors played the Wizards, and the Rockers played uh, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, like you said. But 
Uh, what I'm gonna get to first is Raptors Wizards here because it's been a pretty good series uh, so far, man. The Raptors win 108-98 last night, man. Um, big game for the Raptors to uh, take a 3-2 lead in the series. And but this has been one of those series where every whoever's at home is gonna win. Point blank. Like, you know, Washington won the two games in Washington. Toronto won the first two games in Toronto. And now back in Toronto last night, the Raptors win again, going into game six, uh, the next game, which will be in Washington. But a lot of several good performances for the Raptors last night. DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, 32 points, uh, 12 of 24 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. Last night, Kyle Lowry had a good game, 17 points, 10 assists. Valanciunas, 14 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, so on and so forth. Darrell right off the bench was huge uh, for Toronto. 18 points uh, with two threes there at the end. So, big game there. Um, I like this series because I think they're basically pretty evenly matched. One of the more evenly matched 1-8 matchups you're going to get. You know, because of course Toronto's the number one seed and Washington's the eighth seed. But I think with uh, the way these teams are built, they are pretty evenly matched. When it comes to that, at least in my mind, uh, John Wall, Bradley Beal uh, for the Wizards, both had big big games last night. Uh, John Wall, 26 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, uh, one assist and one rebound away from a triple double right there. Uh, you know, Bradley Beal, 20 points last night. Uh, nothing much else. Kelly Oubre off the bench had 14, but most of those were from the free throw line. So. There was another good game there. The Raptors get the win. Personally, I think it's going to go seven. And I think every team is going to win every home game from here on out. And I think the Raptors, since they have home court advantage, will win the series. Go in this uh, in the playoffs. That's a real good question. That's the number one seed. Probably the most disrespected number one seed you're going to find. Because nobody talks about it. You wouldn't even think they're the number one team in the East. That they had the best record in the East heading into the playoffs, if you didn't already know. And uh, that's the case here. The Raptors almost won 60 games. They won 59 games in the regular season, uh, one of their best years ever as a franchise. Uh, they finally got over the hump uh, in the playoffs here. But, well, they're still trying to get over the hump to me because nobody trusts them. And even myself, I don't really completely trust them. To be, if you're a number one seed, you're supposed to be a championship contender. And I can't deliberately say that I believe they're a championship contender right now. I think they're very good. I think they could beat anybody talent wise, but I just don't trust them when it comes down to it. I don't even, you know, I said I think they're going to win the series, but this can go either way. Most of these games have been close. Um, and usually you don't expect that with a 1 8 matchup uh, in the first round. So. We'll see what happens uh, going forward here. But, you know, they're going to have to get over that hump of people believing in them. And then, look at the East, man. you got Philadelphia, who looks incredible right now. They're already in the second round. They took care of business uh, the other night. They're waiting for their opponent, um, which may end up being uh, the Toronto Raptors, um, that they're going to have to go through to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Then, you got LeBron James still hanging out there uh, with a Cleveland team that you know, one of the weaker teams he's had in his career around him, to be honest with you. But he's playing at an all-time great level, LeBron, right now. So Toronto would have to get past that also, man. So 
a lot to uh, to to sink in for for Toronto, man. I don't I don't trust. Them. And uh, then uh, later on today, the Boston Celtics will take on the Bucks, and the uh, tomorrow the Raptors and the Wizards, Cavaliers, Pacers, and the Thunder and the Jazz they play again uh, tomorrow. So, as a matter of fact, and you talked about the uh, the Rockets Timberwolves this last game, uh, the last game from last night. Uh, the Rockets won one twenty two one hundred four, took care of business, uh, and they win the series four to one. In a series I thought was going to be more competitive than it was. But once again, uh, Houston's proven why. They're the number one seed in the Western Conference. 65 wins, most in the NBA. Um, and they look good. Uh, James Harden, Chris Paul uh, continue to be a lethal combination, surprisingly, to a lot of people in Houston. Um, one of the best teams they've ever had, uh, to be honest with you. So they're in the second round waiting on their opponent for the second round. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. But congrats to Tart Black making it to the second round. Tart Black plays for the Houston Rockets uh, as well. You know Tart Black, former Memphis Tiger. Yeah, so uh, happy for him, man, um, and all that. So we'll see what happens, man. But big win for Houston last night, and the playoffs continue uh, tonight, man. So it's been a lot of good games. All right, and we're going to – uh, pick it up. Also, coming up just a little bit later, we're going to be talking about the NFL draft yes, that's sir. coming up tonight and some things that are being said around the NFL concerning some uh, tweets. Tweet, 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 tweets. Tweets can come back to bite you, man. They can come back to hurt you. We're going to talk about some of that. And uh, will this hurt? Uh, tweets can come back to hurt. Will this hurt this guy? Uh, somewhere he's somewhere between the, the the first and ten pick in the end. Yeah, top ten potential pick in the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll take a look at that coming up later on. 901-452-3094 or 901-324-7490. And we got a couple people hanging on. Let's go to the phone lines. Who do we have first? Our first we got Unforgetful. Unforgetful, welcome to the show. Good morning on a Thursday morning. Bob, you brought back memory. I mean, good morning to you and Jack, but you brought back memory, man, when you said tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> Remember the Michael Jackson song? Yes, sir. What, Rocket, Rockabye Baby, or Rock or something? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, this song, man. Tweet, 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 tweet. Rock and Robin. Rock and Robin, something like that. Yeah, you bring back memory when you talk, man. Oh, good. Hey, uh, you know Toronto ain't gonna do nothing, man. You don't believe in them? allow no foreign country to have the NBA title. Oh, what, what are you talking about? I'm going political, foreign, man. Foreign <laughs> are you serious? So you, you saying Trump ain't going to let Toronto win? Man. What has he got to NBA. do with it? What has he got to do with this? <laughs> the NBA. Yeah, okay. You know, and that, man, basketball development in the United States. You think they're going to let Toronto be the national basketball <laughs> a foreign country? No, that ain't going to happen. So y'all can forget all about that. Okay, I don't know. If it ever happens, it's going to be something that's going to blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, look, honestly, I don't think it's going to happen either, man. But not for that reason. I just don't think they're good enough. But you never know. You might be right, man, for real. Just like, but but think about it. Like, a lot of people don't think the Grizz will ever win the championship because they don't want to let them win. They haven't, so we'll just move on from the Grizzlies. <laughs> Anyway. It's making their money, Bob. You yeah, know, that's are. good. Yeah, I'm glad are. the NBA is making their little money. Yeah. I thought they had made it during the 82 season, but, I mean, you know, the 82 game season, but, you know, they still cashing in flow. Yeah, yeah. They cashing it in. 
They know how to you do know. it. Yeah, they know how to do it. They get you all hype. I'm just waiting to, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, going to be Cleveland and Philly. And I don't, I don't know about uh, Stephon Carey over there at Golden State. I don't think they probably might. They might get there. I don't know. But I know it's going to be Cleveland, Philly. That's where it's going to end up at. And whoever take that, I think they might let them go, you know, at it. You think Cleveland has what it takes to hang in there and uh, get back to the finals? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, LeBron James, you know, King James. Yeah. Hey, man, when he go on the basketball court, that's his palace. And that's why he ranks. Well, he can't do it by himself, you know. You know, that's why he ranks. Well, he did it last night. I can't look. You know, yeah. he is the NBA. But how long how, how long can you go on doing that by yourself? You just, I don't know. This, this year doesn't seem like it's the year to me for well, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't right, yeah. He, he bringing in a lot of money flow, publicity yeah. and everything for the NBA. And you think they're going to let that just go like that? No, okay. NBA ain't going to do that. So they, they, need, they need him again this year. Oh, yeah. As long as he bringing in that money. All right. Now, let, let me ask you something, Jeffrey. Um, cause I'm gonna go ahead and bring the topic up now with you, then get your thoughts on it. Cause we got we got Doc Holliday coming up in, in the second hour with, with Justice Bolden. But let me ask you, man. So did you hear about the this uh, this guy that's gonna be in? Hmm? Well, we we don't have another. No, no. And I know we just got a few minutes. I don't know if we got time to break it up like that. So I'm saying. But go ahead, what, what do you want to do? Radio Doc Holiday. Oh, yeah. I, I love, man, I love what he do on television, man. Okay. And I just want to give him his prop, man, yeah, prop. Definitely, brother, definitely. Well, you, we, you, can, you can call back. We can talk about what's going on in the NFL. We'll be back in just a minute. We're going to talk about that after the break. Okay, I appreciate it, Bob. All right. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Hey, 901-452-3094. And uh, talking NFL, NBA, drafted tonight. Who do you think is going to go number one? Well, who do you think that's going to have problems in the draft tonight? We've got some information that's going to knock your socks off, if you haven't heard. Well, we'll play that. Talk about that and some other things coming up after the break. After the 9 o'clock hour, Doc Holiday, he's in 24, and uh, CW30 Sports Director will be joining us along with Justin Bowden. I'm the Criminal Talkback Live Network out of Los Angeles. You're listening to Talkback Live with Bob. And Josh. 7.30 SB Nation is 8.38. 38 Back the hour, 8 o'clock. We'll be back. Service is the most important part of public service. I'm Heidi Kuhn, asking for your vote for criminal court clerk. I have 17 years of Shelby County government experience, all in criminal justice. My name is Lenny Neely. I'm the grandmother of a homicide victim. I met Heidi at Shelby County Crime Victim Center. You know, the saying is that parents are not supposed to bury their children. Well, that's even more true with a grandparent. They're not supposed to bury grandchildren. I remember when we were trying to get the uh, memorial stone put out in 
the botanical gardens finally got it placed <laughs> simply because of the caring attitude now, that she had. I believe elected now. officials have a sacred duty out. to serve the public and put the citizens' needs before personal gain. I think What do you think? Who do you think is going? And uh, where are they going? 901-452-3094 or 901-324-7490. Josh, big news in the NFL draft crowd. Uh, yeah. Josh Allen. But he apologizes for racial tweets. Yeah, so one of the, you know, one of the craziest things about the draft, and uh, usually in, in this age of social media, you got to be careful because people are going to dig up stuff on you. They're going to look in your past and they're going to find out what you were like. You know, what your background, everything about the draft, not just with the teams because they do an extensive investigation into your life as well as asking you information as well because they want to know who they got, who they have on their team, who they have coming in uh, to play for them, and can they trust them to be, you know, one of the faces of the team, especially when you're a quarterback that could potentially be taken in the top ten, like Josh Allen, uh, the Wyoming quarterback, is concerned. And this is who we're talking about. Some people project him to be number one overall to the Cleveland Browns. So, the controversy surrounding him right now is related to some tweets that he tweeted. Looks like back when he was younger. Uh, looks like going back to high school for Josh Allen. And they're between the years of late 2011 and 20. 13 or when these tweets occur. A whole bunch of questionable tweets for a variety of reasons. Um, different tweets that show a lot of immaturity and stuff of that nature. And I can't read all this stuff. But to be honest, that's how bad a lot of it is. Uh, I'm going to put a, uh, put the, the link to the article on the Talk Back Live uh, Facebook page as well as Talk Back Live Network on Facebook as well if you want to read them all for yourself. But one or a couple of the tweets are involving the N-word. Yes, the N-word. Now, Josh Allen, no, he's not black. He's a white quarterback, um, a white quarterback from uh, Wyoming, University of Wyoming. So, here's the thing. And it's also um, using the, um, you know, some people call it a slur for homosexuals, the F-word, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, all sorts of things and lots of other stuff to me that are questionable. Uh, as well, so he. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get the exact tweet where he uh, referenced the N word. And well, no, no. I, I was I was about to read the tweet before you give your opinion. Yeah, yeah. 
you got to understand, I could all of this be questionable because you're looking at a man here that is very young, okay? He makes he made mistakes. It's just like when we say teenagers, they may go to the store, they may steal something, uh, they may rob here or there, they may take something from somebody, but then you got to give them a chance. You just can't let their life go and just rotten away or, to, or you got to forgive them and give them a second chance. Is this guy here because of the things he's done? Does he deserve that second chance? It seems like to me, everybody wants to beat up on this guy, and, and he's young, and he's trying to get somewhere in life, but can we overlook his past and forgive that, and uh, is he really sincere in his apologies? Yeah, it's interesting. So, it looks like, and just to preface this, just to what you said, he was between, it looks like, around 15, 16 years old when these tweets came out. So, that's the context in which, you know, we're to look at it in, according to a lot of people. So here's one of them, right? Uh, and now, here's the difference, and just so people need to know about social media. You can quote people and put it on your profile, like a quote tweet in quotations, and it's not you typing it, but you quote it, and then you either agree with it or you comment on what you're quoting. So here's, both of these are quoted with the N-word in them. And uh, if I could just say the word, okay. Um... One say, I don't think you niggas want trouble, son. He quoted that tweet. He also said, niggas trying to get at me. And also, about to show these niggas a palm. At, about to show these niggas, show up these niggas at palm. Gonna do it for uh, J Prodigy, whatever. So, palm is a game. Uh, so, all that stuff, three different instances where the N-word was used. And a lot of people find this inflammatory insulting how could you do this now n-word uh it doesn't say that he was using it specifically toward a particular uh, race of people or was he just using the word in a casual conversation just like you have young blacks today they would just use the word and call each other that or they would just say it in a casual conversation is this what was going on here i think that was what was going on but to me it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. You're not to do that. Like you're 15, 16. It's not like you were three or four years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not finna give him an excuse. At least not to me. Now, at the same time, I do question: Should this be held against him now? Now he's in his, you know, early 20s, whatever. 21, 22. I'm assuming. Well, older than that. Uh, you know, because he spent some years in college, so he's about probably 22, 23 years old, something like that, and. You know, so now, you know, there's word that teams are looking at this like, oh, oh, man, I don't know if we can draft you now because of this stuff going on. Um, but up to this point, there's been nothing but positive things said about him, his personality, and whatever else you want to say up until today. And today is the day of the draft. So this could come out at the worst time. And evidently, Yahoo Sports was the one that digged up on it and found these tweets, wrote an article about it. Um, so some people are saying, how could you do this to a young man, you know, that's trying to get his start in the league? Uh, how dare they go and dig up some old stuff like this and try to use it against them uh, right at the day of the draft? And other people are like, well, you know what? You know, he deserves it because he shouldn't have said those things. So I'm curious where people stand on it. Well, what do you think? Here again, I'm looking at the situation here. If his conversation was not, uh, you know, air, uh, indirect to a particular race of people, 
uh, you know, and I like I say. Well, I mean, the word, the word is always, you know what the word it stands for and where it's derived from. But it doesn't mean a race of people. Now, we can receive it like that. If you receive it that way, then, hey, that's you. But that word doesn't mean that. So you have uh, blacks that are using it. You have whites that use it. You have uh, other people that use that word. And so here I can see if he used this in the context of talking about a group of people or a race of people, which he did not. Now, I understand there's something about Stephen A. Smith that he, he, he did he call him that? Or is it out there? Do we know? Uh, what, what else did he say? Uh, if he didn't directly uh, make these quotes towards a, a race of people or a particular person, then uh, really it was a part of a conversation, which is not a good word to say. You shouldn't say it. No, absolutely not. But people say it all the time, but yet just because of his position and where he stands right now in college football, we want to use this as a as a uh, uh, opportunity to bring someone down when we let people use it all the time and don't say anything about it, but yet we want to bring this guy down because he used the word and then probably it wasn't aiming at someone or a particular person or a race. Now, I'm curious. Here's the thing. I'm curious to hear what comes out later because evidently he talked directly to Stephen A. Smith. He called Stephen A. Smith after this stuff came out. And... Um, you know, Stephen A. tweeted about it and said they're going to talk about it, um, you know, on ESPN later today. So I'm curious when that comes out later, what Josh Allen actually said to him, uh, what's going to come out from that? Because here's the thing, uh, Stephen A. Slip even uh, tweeted here, evidently Wyoming's Josh Allen has gotten himself in some trouble due to past transgressions. I'll give him credit for this much. He's not hiding. I know this because I just spoke to him minutes ago and talk about it, and he's going to discuss it on his show later. So, all that being said, I think it's interesting that he uh, he found, I guess, a big-name black journalist to talk to about this, and uh, evidently I've heard that he's apologized for what he said when he was 15, 16 years old. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm curious what people think about this. Okay, he apologized at that particular age, and now he's about 22, 23 years old. Yeah. I mean, come on, what do we do? Uh, do we uh, continue to batter the guy, beat him up? Well, you did it at that particular age, but yet you use that word and you you uh, uh, embarrass a race of people. And that's the, that word does not mean anything to a black people or anybody else. It's all in uh, the... Well, it's that's tough to say to me now, because... And I understand what you're saying, but no, no, no. But look, you know, certain things are just offensive. And, and, and I mean, and like it, you, you know, like I can't act like people are stupid. You know, you know what the word is derived from. I don't care if you're black, white, Mexican, whatever. You know what it's what it's about. Now I know it's in the hip hop cultures and the songs that probably everybody listens to uh, then as well. So and I know, look, I've heard some white people refer to each other. As that also, you know, so I think the word should be outlawed. I think if it's ever used again by someone, I don't think that we should just overlook it. I think a person should be punished in some type of way or penalized 
uh, by some in some in type of way. Time. If they ever use the word again to get this What's word out of society, it needs to be gone. It needs to be erased. Okay. We don't need I that don't. word floating around anymore. Else, uh, you know, you, you you try to end up in conversation like we're in today. Nine zero five two three zero nine four. What do you think about this young man? Do you think he deserves a second chance? Uh, do you do you think he doesn't uh, deserve a second chance here? Let's go to the phone lines and who do we have first? Up uh, first, we got Forty Nine er Jay wants to get in. Hey Jay, welcome to the show. Good morning on a Thursday. What's going on, Bob? And good morning on this rainy Thursday. Uh, yeah, man, stay dry, stay dry. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Look here, Bob. First of all, the young man. He deserved he deserve all the other chances because I'm not going to ridicule this young man for something he did at a 15-year-old uh, kid. And then on top of that, he wasn't in my eyes. I'm not okaying what he said, but what I'm saying is he did not use it in a derogatory way. He was speaking as he, if he was comfortable with some other black guys and was talking of, like he was comfortable we're just talking among other teenage guys with him. That's what he, I think he was using in that content. I'm not saying it was right, but I'm not finna ridicule this kid. And now he's 20 some years old and they try to bring up something. You know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not gonna buy into that. No, yeah. I'm not gonna buy into that. Now, if he would have said this, uh, two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this, this, does it sound like to you, uh, 49 that someone is, trying to take away an opportunity for someone that they worked hard. And then, you know, he's, he's played in college, he's played in high school after all the things that he said, but people still work with him and try to help him, to, you know, in situations. Somewhere along the line, somebody has forgiven this young man, and somewhere along the line, he has shown and proved that he tried to correct himself and to move on from, from the situation. But here we go, a person is getting to the point now where he's just about successful, then we want to go back and dig up something. Ha! Let's throw it out there on this guy. Let's, you hear what he said about the... Well, I mean, come on, folks. I mean, yeah, I mean, we need to stop. I mean, to be honest, this just me. Society today with this social media stuff is just too sensitive. They looking for... I mean, when you got individuals proling on Yahoo to find something on these athletes so they can make a story or make a book or get some more uh, tweet likes. I mean, come on, the kid was young, and now the kid is now finna move forward in his adult life and his professional career, and you trying to tear him down on the day of, the biggest uh, day of his life, and now he got to come out and do an interview to apologize for something he did when he was 15 years old? Yeah. I mean, it just don't, it just, to me, it just don't, uh, it don't go over well with me, Bob. And I think uh, these folks in the United States and America, period, this social media stuff is out of hand, and I think it's ridiculous. So my thing is, leave the young man alone, let him move forward. So evidently, he moved forward with his life because we haven't heard nothing else he said recently. No, yeah. Absolutely. So that means he changed his life, and someone spoke to him, and he he came around, and he changed his life, and moved in a positive direction. We should we should commend him for that instead of trying to tear him down on his biggest day. Absolutely, forty nine J man, we appreciate thank you, it. and uh, thanks. Hey, and stay tuned, man. I got Doc Holiday coming up in the second hour, man. I call in on that. I got a question, with Doc. Ed. I thank you. Thanks, man. All right, nine zero one four five two three zero nine four eight fifty eight is the time. Let's go back to. Uh, 
to the phone lines, and who do we have? Got our forgetful back with us. Forgetful, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Yes, sir. Good morning. I was just wondering, you know, I know you were saying that uh, uh, this situation with the N-word, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a word that basically when white folks do something like that, you know, we always come back and say we do it every day. And I can't understand that. I mean, you know. Uh, you can't understand what? I mean, you know, when black folks say the word, it's different. How is it different? Okay, let's say let's say a person says, "Okay, uh, I'm forgetful." Here's a plate of collard greens. Okay, black person says, "I'm forgetful." Here's a plate of collard greens. White person comes in, "I'm forgetful." Here's a plate of collard greens. What's the difference? Okay, let me ask you something, Bob. No disrespect. I just want to use that as an example. Okay. If uh, my partner Hank, he's a good. I'm just using you as an example, Hank. Yeah. He's, he's a good person. I like Hank. Yeah, I do too. If he come into the studio mm -hmm. and I come into the studio mm -hmm. and I say, what's up, my nigga, Bob? And Hank coming in and say it to you, you, it's the same to you. Well, first of all, when you come in here and say it, uh, Hank will probably I'm greet you. I'm asking, is it No, 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 listen, listen to me. Hank will probably greet you on the way out the door as you've been knocked outside. But the, what the, but the point of the fact is... You know, no, 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 that, that doesn't make sense to me. Bob, so come on, because, now answer the question, because, man. Just because... Is this the same? No, it's the same. Just it's because, the same. Just because you're black, just because he's white, it doesn't make a difference because the word doesn't mean anything to me because I don't look at it as a, a word that is uh, pointed toward me as a black man. We have to get over that because that doesn't mean anything as far as a black man is concerned today. That, to me, it doesn't. Well, I, I think... I. Where you're coming from? Now let me let me let me let me let me, let me say what you let me let me. Well, okay, now let me rearrange what you're saying because I think it's it's a little, it's not exactly the words you're saying. It's here's what I mean, and because I get what you're trying to say, it, it, I think it's like this. I don't consider myself a nigga, and neither does my dad, right? So I think that's all he's. That I know, I know that's all he's saying. He's not saying. The word is not um, hurtful, or whatever the case may be. But if I hear somebody else just say the word out of the blue, I feel like you're not talking about me because I'm not a nigger. You know, but, and here's, here's the way I am, right? Just, just, just me personally. I don't like it. I wouldn't like it if I heard another white guy, if I'm walking past them and I hear them just saying that on the street flippantly. I think my dad wouldn't like it either. And I think he'd look. You know, like, hold on, you better not be talking to me, type deal. And honestly, I think if Dad heard a black person saying that to him, especially if he doesn't know that person, you know, uh, whether he knows him or not, but especially if he, you know, especially, you know, if if uh, black or white, if it was a black guy come up to him and say, what's up, nigga? You know, no, he ain't, ain't going to be cool with that. Now, I think, and I think it's different with different people. Some people are cool. There's a lot of people that are cool with it. But there's a lot that ain't either. Yeah. What y'all saying there? One size fit all. Okay, okay. And, now, and, so, and the twenty first century. Okay, so what do you want me to do? I'm forgetful. If a black man comes up with me with a gun in my face, uh, and uh, but a gun is different, but yeah, man comes up with a gun in my face. So what am what am I supposed to do here? What's, if, the, what's the difference? It, look, if you know how to talk to a black person, most likely he would drop the gun. Well, it doesn't but the seem white like, man, it doesn't, if, if it's in California, it doesn't, it doesn't if it's in California, it doesn't seem like it to me because we <laughs> have people killing more black people than anybody else in this country.
So you mean you can you you well if you're good with nothing if you can talk one down with a gun because it seems like to me we have, have a lot of it. black on black crime in this country. So and this is another topic. <laughs> I don't believe there's that much black killing that most media people out here are sponsoring around this country. It's and that's another conversation. Yeah, because this is a rabbit hole we get into for a while. Yeah, and killing this country than black folks. Okay, well, so that's the way I believe. All right. And like I said, that's that's not even the conversation. Yeah. And where y'all coming from? But yeah. you know, let me say this. Yeah. When it comes to the N word, mm -hmm. listen. Look, I don't get on the radio and start saying cracker honkies, you know, rednecks <laughs> or none of that. Uh -huh. Respect for that culture. Yeah, 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 I get you. Well, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Let, let him finish. Let him finish. Let, I want to hear what you what he's saying. Okay. That too. Hold it. For what? For who culture? You said okay, cracker, redneck. I got. For respect for the Caucasian culture. Why, why does that I, happen? I wouldn't get on, I would never dare get on this radio and why say those you, type of names to those people out there. Okay, why do you consider that something that is 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 uh that that is uh aimed at the Caucasian culture? Cracker redneck. Why? It's not aimed. That what you telling me? Okay, no, no, you no. Said, why I'm, is it aimed? No, no. I'm asking why would you said you wouldn't say that to the Caucasian culture? Why? Okay, why did you single out the Caucasian? Because culture? it's racist when you talk about white folks. Well, and, and honestly, let, let me, let me, let me. Okay, let me, let me, let me butt in. Let me get in for a second. Here, here's, here's, the point. Racist, here's my, man. here's my point. So you said cracker redneck is uh, something that is uh, you shouldn't say toward the Caucasian culture. Why? Because it's racist, not in my DNA to talk that way toward another culture. Okay, so that 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 uh, those type of words refer to the Caucasian culture. What other culture? Is it is it a wetback okay. like the Mexican culture? Okay. Do you call them wetback? See, look, and, and can I, guys, guys, I got a buddy in because you're gonna keep going. So look, let me, I got to say this last thing. No, no, look, let I'm forgetful. I forget, but I get you. I get you. And look, here's what I say. Cause I, I actually, I no, no, no I, look. Here's the thing. I do agree with that because here's the thing. The N word, whether you say it or not, you know what it's associated with. It's associated, and the history comes from a bad history. Point blank period. I don't care how you use it. And the same way with Greg Netcracker. That's why I do agree with that. And the same thing with you know with Mexicans and, and uh, whatever phrase you want to say with other groups of people. That's why children did all the time too, Bob. Yeah, and, and but and, and it's just as wrong, you know. I'm trying to jump on all our own people because of the N word. Okay, it's a cultural okay, thing, so, man. Which so, is wrong, Bob. So, I agree with you there. Okay, all right. but it's not the same with white folks. Okay, well, no problem. We we gotta go, guys. Yeah, because I got the phone call. <laughs> man, we want to get deeper in this. <laughs> That's a good combo, man. <laughs> Alright, 9014523094. Okay. Alright, let's take a break right here. It is now 9.05. Five minutes past the hour, nine o'clock. And a very pleasant yes, good sir, morning to you on a Thursday morning. And yes, it is raining on the yes, outside sir, and wet on the streets. Folks, be careful Back as you make your way around the Mid-South this yeah, morning. Yeah. Another check of traffic weather coming nah, up just a little bit later I mean, in the show. And coming up after the uh, nine after this break, where he should be yeah. talking to Doc Holiday, ABC mm -hmm. 24, oh, yeah. UP. Uh, That's the main thing. Uh, we may, you know, get a uh, football on the back end. You know. 
the ABC Sports Director, uh, yeah, will be, be talking with us, and also Justice Bowden, contributor to TalkbackLiveNetwork.org out of Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Talkback Live with Bob and Josh. AM 730 SB Nations. We'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest, and they're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, our contributor to TalkBackLiveNetwork.org. Ladies and gentlemen, out of Los Angeles, California, welcome Justice Bowden. Justice, welcome to the show. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. All Good right. Morning, Good morning. And ladies and gentlemen, our next guest, he is the sports director at CW30 and ABC24 right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Doc Holliday. Hey, Doc uh, Holliday, welcome to the show. Good morning. What's going on, man? How y'all doing this morning? Doing great. Thanks for joining us this early. Oh, my pleasure, man. No problem at all, brother. All right. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Just going to have a good conversation here, guys. Man, man, I appreciate it. Uh, Doc, for joining us here, man, and I'm going to ask you, man, right off top, with you being a, a Memphis Tiger alum, you know, having played football at the University of Memphis and, and everything, how do you feel uh, being, you know, from Memphis and the university, uh, seeing what's going on right now with Penny Hardaway and how that came about and what it looks like is going on right now? Well, just the excitement uh, uh, surrounding the basketball program and really the entire program right now, man. I, man, I can only be, you know, happy about that because, uh, for one, I grew up a huge, you know, then Memphis State basketball fan. You know, that's why I ended up, you know, that's why I chose to play football at the University of Memphis because I looked up to Keith Lee and Andre Turner and William Bedford and Doom Haynes and, you know, all those all those guys, man. So, uh just to see the basketball program have a buzz around it once again like it has now and knowing Penny as long as I've known him since ninety one. So uh to see a friend in that position, man, uh getting a dream job, I mean I can only be happy for him, happy for the university and also happy for the city and just hope it works out and I think it will work out because they're doing some good work over there. He and Tony Madlock for sure, the top two guys over there, man. So uh just excited and happy about it and just looking forward to the season. Definitely, definitely, man. And um, I'm going to ask you real quick, your relationship with Penny. Talk about how far y'all um, go back, man, and, um, you know, haven't seen what's happened with him now. Because, uh, I mean, you talk about a journey. Uh, we talked about a lot on the show with myself and uh, Bob and uh, Justice. Uh, you know, on the show, talked about, you know, this whole story is almost like a movie that you couldn't write any better with everything that's that's in it, you know, to get to this point. But kind of talk about that and you actually knowing Penny for Yeah, I mean that's a good way to put it. It is, uh, it, it is like the movie for him, man. Uh, ever since, uh, I guess you know what uh, he and I've been knowing each other since 1991. We met uh, when I was playing my freshman year over there at Memphis State. Obviously, it was just uh, 
his sophomore year because he had to sit out there first year when he got over there. So just living together in the athletic dorm, man, just, you know, football and basketball players over there eating together, seeing each other all the time, uh, hanging out. And uh, just to see the evolution of him coming from there, man, and just being a superstar but always being kind of humble and kind of keeping to himself and not really hanging out with a lot of guys. And he's pretty much the same way like that, man. He's like a different type of – he, uh, he, he kind of reminds me when it comes to friends and hanging out is like Isaac Bruce, you know, who, who was, you know, like a brother to me that we've been close since – 92. I mean, they have the same kind of personality disposition because they don't hang out with a lot of people. They kind of keep to themselves, real smart with their money. Uh, you're not going to hear about them. They're not out in the club getting in trouble. They're not running around. Uh, and both of them the same way, and he's the same way, man. You know, of course, it's, you know, his NBA career played a long time, but injuries hampered him and prevented him from being as great as he possibly could be. But just seeing... Where he come from there, man, being from being Hampton and going through what he went through that first year when he got to Memphis State and, you know, getting shot and somebody trying to rob him and all that, man. And just being a uh, a young man, now to a grown man, to see the way his life is, uh, just to see the way God has blessed him and really blessed all of us, man. But to see the way God has blessed him and continuing to bless him and uh, his blessing coming, you know, to come back and be the head coach of his alma mater, man, that's, I, that's something all of us want, would like to do with if we play sports and, and want to coach. So uh, just seeing the way he's grown and evolved over these last 26, 27 years, man, it's just amazing. And I can say I'm truly happy for him and his, and his family, man, and his, his close friends. Definitely. And uh, I'm going to let Justice get in with a question. Uh, Justice, what you got for him? Well, Doc, I just wanted, wanted to know, um, with Penny coming in and, and really locking it down for, for the recruiting, uh, what, what type of impact do you think it has in terms of on the program when fans and, and uh, observers know that, that the Tigers are going to be bringing in some really strong players? Oh, man. You, uh, I mean, you can see how it, how it goes right now. I think, you know, season tickets immediately spiked as soon as it was announced that he was going to be the head coach. And it started spiking even when it was rumors that he was going to be the head coach. And the way to see he's working now, to see the way he's working now and going into these homes, not only getting these these young men that are around here locally, but going on a national level. I know they were in Dallas last weekend and made some noise. I think that's supposed to be in Indianapolis, I think, this weekend. Uh, and just going in and being a face and being noticed by these top recruits, uh, it's huge, man. And to be able to just say, Next year, if he's able to, only able to get one, even though they're after like five or six five-star recruits, just to have Memphis to have that credibility again because that's something that was lost in, you know, Josh Pastor's last couple of years. Just to have that, that uh, notoriety and that credibility, man, that, you know, Penny Hardaway has, uh, it just immediately gives the University of Memphis a, a different footing and a good footing. And he's showing up, you know, dress nice and have pennies and Nikes and, you know, all these young men, man, they love to dress nice. They love to look good and they love to be a part of something that's huge. And, uh, we have to admit that the man is, is huge and the man does have a movement going on and, you know, that stuff means something to recruits. Yeah, and uh, this is Bob, the other host at Talk Back Live uh, uh, right here on AM 730. Look, talking about the past uh, year, 
for the old players under Tubby Smith coming back, and some of them are. Some of them have decided to go on their ways, and then you got new players coming in. Uh, how do you think this will uh, work? And uh, with Penny coming in, how do you think he will run this type of program? And what type of program do you think he wants to run? I think uh, this this how I think it'll work, man. I think it is you know a coaching change is always is always difficult, man, for young men. Fortunately, I didn't go through one uh, when I was at Memphis State. I played under Chuck Stobart, so he was there my entire four years. But it's just tough, man. But I think it's a different difference with Penny mm-hmm. because he's a former player. Not only is he a former player, he's a former player at the University of Memphis. So he would come in and have a different a different set of eyes. And I have a whole different set of empathy, although, uh, for those young men who were playing under Tubby Smith. And because a lot of times, man, college coaches, more than likely, they don't care anything about it. They can sit up and say they do, but they don't. They care about winning and they care about making money. Uh, and they don't care about them. But I can obviously and honestly say that, you know, Penny comes in, not only him, you know, people don't say enough about Tony Matlock. Come in and have a different set of eyes and have a set of empathy mm-hmm. for those young men, man. And, he, you know, he sat down with them and told them, you know, if, 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 if you all want to leave, I understand. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's saying, I don't want you, but it's like, if y'all want to leave, I understand because mm-hmm. you build a relationship with a head coach, man. And, uh, you know, Tubby Smith brought those those young men in here. So their, their minds are confused and they're upset. They don't know what's going on. So Penny sat down and talked to him and told him, you know, if y'all want to leave, I understand, man. I, I'll release you, but it's, it's tough. He can't release every last one of them, but I know he's going to be fair with them. I know he has been fair with them, and he's going to come out because he's going to need some of those guys, man. Yeah, those, yeah. Some of those guys can play. Keep oh, on yeah. Davenport can play. You Absolutely. Know? Kareem Bruton, them dudes can hoop. So, uh, <laughs> and, of course, Jeremiah March, so he's going to need those dudes. But I think he's going to run a program, man, where those young men are, are truly, truly going to be proud. Mm-hmm. To be Memphians, whether they're from Memphis or not, they're truly, truly going to be proud to where they're blowing great because they see guys like Penny Man and Elliot Perry and Andre Turner. They see all these guys still coming around, and these dudes are legendary. So they want to be legendary as well, man. Now, and I just saw uh, Jesse just hit me. He wants a, a follow up to that uh, in particular. Uh, but uh, go ahead, man. So, Doc, I, I wanted to ask you, all signs point to Sam Mitchell uh, being named the associate head coach at some point. If that indeed occurs, what do you think of the impact of him uh, being on the staff, not only with, with his past experience in the NBA, coaching tons of all-stars and, and mentoring guys like KG, but also his ties to uh, the AAU circuit on the Adidas and uh, players like the number one player in, uh, in a 2020, Jalen Green. Can you just talk a bit about uh, what you think with Sam Mitchell? Yeah, man, that's a, uh, that, that's a great question. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's a, a great idea because, uh, when I, you know, when I broke that story about a week and a half, two weeks ago, you know, and people were like, ah, oh, Sam Mitchell was the name that came out of nowhere. But to me, it's absolutely genius because when these, when you go to talk to these young guys, man, what are they trying to get to? They're trying to get to the NBA, right? They're trying to go hoop. They're trying to get paid. So, okay, you got Penny Hardaway. Of course, you know, not many of them, them young men going to have the skill that Penny Hardaway has, but he's a former NBA All-Pro. Boom. He can tell you exactly what you need to do as far as on the marketing level, not only just playing basketball and knowing the game, because the Penny does know basketball. The man, the man can coach. I don't care what you say about being in middle school or high school. The man knows basketball, but I haven't seen him coach. But he he has that aspect of it. Then you have Tony Matlock, who who was a he was a good college basketball player. Didn't go to the league, but 
he was a good college basketball player, and he's a very experienced assistant. Then you have Mike Miller, who's won a couple of champ- uh, NBA championships, good NBA player. Then you have Sam Mitchell, who was actually an NBA coach. So we have everything you need, man. If you want to come here and come to the University of Memphis and you want to go to the next level, we can show you what you need to do there. We can show you how you need to carry yourself. We can show you how to eat. We can show you how to work out. We can show you how to structure your day. Uh, we can show you uh, plays, defense. We can tell you what NBA GMs are looking for. We can tell you what NBA coaches are looking for. And this is how you do so. To add someone like Sam Mitchell, who actually is an NBA coach, forget about all these people talking about, you know, no college experience, man. Who cares, man? Basketball is basketball. Because when these young guys come to Memphis, you know, Penny trying to get five stars and four stars, you know, a lot of one-and-done guys, and they trying to come go to the league. So to ask somebody like Sam Mitchell, man, who's actually coached in the NBA coach of the year, who's coached NBA superstars, I think it's huge, man, and it goes a long way when you bring the recruits in and they looking around the assistant coaches like, okay, how y'all going to get me better? How y'all going to develop me? Can y'all develop me? I mean, it, it says a lot because you got a, a, an older man right there, NBA vet and NBA head coach that knows exactly what you need to do, knows exactly what these coaches and these teams are looking for. Definitely, definitely, Doc. And we're, um, we're talking with a local Memphis sports director and a former University of Memphis football player as well. Uh, Doc Holliday also played uh, in the NFL and uh, CFL as well, man. So definitely appreciate you for coming on and talking with us. I want to ask you, you look at Penny um, and, you know, coming in initially, one of the concerns I had, you know, because uh, coming in, I wondered would the expectations of Memphis and the pressure of being a coach at Memphis get to him at all? Because, it, and not just, it, it has nothing to do with him per se, but just the fact of Penny being such a polarizing figure in the community without even being a Memphis head coach. What he did at East High School, uh, the greatness that he achieved there, and even going back to uh, the days with Desmond Merriweather at Leicester, you know what I'm saying? Just constant mm-hmm. success at coaching at a, at a high level everywhere he's been, will the expectation and the pressure get to him? Because at Memphis, after the Tubby Smith era, a lot of the reasons, yeah, a lot of the reasons why, you know, he left and the, was because of the pressure of what's expected at Memphis. Do you think Penny um, has what it takes to bear that pressure on his shoulders and thrive? Yeah, there's it, it, no doubt about it, man. And, and seriously, I'm not just saying that because he and our friends and I've been doing it for so long, man. Uh, I always tell people, if you look at every person that's great in anything, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a CEO, uh, those are kind of ones who, who welcome pressure. And, they, you know, even like myself, because I give pressure a different definition. You know, some people take pressures like, uh, oh, man, I, I, I got to do well. The people don't like me. They're going to dislike me. I'm going to get fired. You know, the great ones, people who are truly great at what they do, they look at pressure as opportunities to, to, even, to be even greater. So the way he's approaching this, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he can handle it and he will handle it because to be a, a, a worldwide icon, man, and to play the way he played in Orlando and then to go to Phoenix and have all those that pressure to continue to be the Penny Hardaway that they saw in Orlando, and even though he was hurt and wasn't as athletic, you know, you know, he still had games and he was putting up thirty points and ten rebounds. So he's been living a life of pressure his entire life just for being after Penny Hardaway. So of course, there's a lot of expectations on him, and a, a lot of it, you know, he welcomes 
you know, him and Madlock and Mike Miller and the entire staff over there, they welcome that pressure. But I'm confident that he can handle it because I've seen him work. I know how he's built. You know, he, he he's a he's a tough dude. Uh, and you know, most most of us from Memphis are tough dudes. Most most melanated men from Memphis. <laughs> yeah. You know, definitely, definitely. Well, we have to deal with it. You know, we have to outwork everybody, and he's outworking everybody. He's not just laying laying low and saying, okay, I'm Penny Hardaway. My man is putting in the work. He's laid the foundation. He's getting in the dirt, uh, just like all of us do. Just like you all do. You know, you're doing with your show, man. You know? Yes, sir. We do. Built like that, you know, and so I, I'm totally confident that he's going to be able to handle all of that. Three, two, four, seven, four, nine, zero. We want to get uh, maybe one or two questions in for if it's okay for Doc Holliday. Uh, people, some people want to ask you a couple of questions for concerning University of Memphis. Uh, the phone number is only a line, one line available. It's nine zero one three two four seven four nine zero. Get in real quick and get in now. And if you want to ask a question, definitely, definitely, and and uh. And, and just, just real quick, I want to get uh, Justice one more question and get right to you. Uh, go ahead, Justice, what you got? This is for Doc. Um, a coaching staff that includes Penny Hardaway, Tony Madlock, Mike Miller, and Sam Mitchell will win Memphis a national championship within the next three years. Do you agree with that statement? And if so, why? Oh, man, you know what? That's, that, that, that's a huge statement, and I'm going to – I can't – I won't. I, I can't guarantee that because I, I know they can't even guarantee that. You know, three years national championships are hard to win, man. You know, some of the, the best coaches in NCAA. I mean, you know, people talk about like Mike Sheshewski. How long have you been coaching in college? Yeah, forever. Same way. Yeah. You know, he only has what four or five. Those things are hard to come by, man. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they did because they can. You know, you can go on a run. So I, yes, I really can't answer that definitively. I, well, I know no one can, but I tell you this. They do have the skill and they do have the expertise and they do have the work ethic to win a national championship and they will bring the players in in order to win a, cha- a national championship. So if I had to put it within three years, I'd give it, I'd give it about 65%, uh, 70% probability. Okay. All right. Nine zero one three two four seven four nine zero. We have a caller on. Unforgetful. Uh, welcome to the show. And your question for Mr. Doc Holliday. Hey, thank you, Bob. Hey, Doc Holliday, man. I love the way you do your shows on TV, man. Your sports. Uh, thanks a lot, bro. I, I, I really. But I want to. I want to ask you a question. Hey, uh, when you always uh, sometimes do your shows and stuff, is is it usually right in the strip? How you do it because you know you always say something like when time is in and time is due or something like that. <laughs> I like that man when you do that. Yeah, no, I, I write my own stuff, man. Uh, uh, I don't have anybody to write for me because I talk a different kind of way, and they, you know, yeah. <laughs> they allow me to be me. <laughs> you know, talk the way I talk and say the things I say. It. Now, what it is when we get ready to go, you know, get ready to go to a commercial. It's, you know, I play sports, man. So it's yeah. like, you know, instead of saying we'll be back after the break, I just like, you know, it's time for a timeout. Just yeah. Game. So yeah. when time is back in, you know, we 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 balling again. So that's yeah. basically what I be saying, man. So I I really appreciate that, bro. Okay. On the network, I mean, all the stations. 
that the sports person only have like a few minutes, but the weather person got the whole show. <laughs> Can somebody explain that to me? People watch, honestly, man, people, well, that's what they say. They say most people watch local news really because the weather, you know, more people care about the weather. And I know I hear that all the time. They be like, they need to get you more than two minutes, two, two, two thirty, but. You know, sports is like the entertainment part of the newscast, man. When, when, when by the time I come up, man, I'm supposed to be trying to make you all happy and feel good. So we just only get a couple of minutes, man. But people tune in for the weather. I mean, even people that know me, man, I, I see them. They be like, hey, what's up, weather guy? Yeah. People just automatically think you're the weather guy if you, if you work at a news station. That's just how it goes, man. So. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey uh, I forget for we more we're dealing with sports, man. Yeah. I forget for we appreciate the call. <laughs> Okay, 9013247490. Let me uh, ask you something here. You yeah, know, go ahead, bro. Uh, look, uh, you're sitting here talking to us, and I see you all the time, you know, when you're talking. And one of the things that I notice about you, and I know everybody does, uh, the only guy that I know in sports that moved those hands. And I bet you right now, you when you're talking to us, you're probably moving those hands and you're being Mr. Doc Holliday as the best that he can be right now. <laughs> hey, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting down. Look, man, I'm, <laughs> look, brother, I'm sitting in my man chair in my, in my bedroom. My wife laying in her sleep. And yeah, my hands are moving, man, because <laughs> what do we do when we talk, man? Yes, sir. When you mean, when you mean what you say. Yeah. And you're not being fake and you're not scripted, man. Yeah. Subconsciously, yeah, my hand's moving like a mug, bro. You're right. That's <laughs> how I express it. I love stuff. it. <laughs> yes, sir. That's, that's why I love that, man. Straight Memphis. Hey, look, let me ask you, man. Look, here's the thing. And I'm going to tell you something. As a guy that's, you know, loved to, to follow the Memphis football team, you know, since the success, ever since, you know, Justin Fuente and on down with Mike Novell right now. Let me ask you something. Because... And I've been wanting to ask you this since I saw it on um, on uh, social media, and I believe uh, got another station, Devin Walker, recorded it. But it was before the spring game, and Mike Norvell was had uh, the uh, former players, including yourself, huddled up and was talking. I was ready to play football. I didn't even play for Memphis, but I'm like, man, I'm ready to play for this guy. Tell me about Mike Norvell and as a former football player. How fired up you are about that. And talk about that speech he did to the former players. I mean, it's, the, 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 the best thing with Mike Norvell, man, is that, yeah, he is, he is fiery, man, and he, he, he embraces everybody, man. But the best thing about him is that he, he welcomes the former players who used to play at the University of Memphis. And, you know, we don't, we, you know, we don't call ourselves former Tigers. We call ourselves Tigers. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, the best thing about him is that he welcomes us around the program, man, whether it's at practice, whether it's in there when they're eating, uh, whether it's at the games, whether it's pregame. He don't – not only does he not mind us being around, he wants as many former players around as he can, man. And that's, that means so much for older guys like myself and guys even older than me and guys that came under me because Justin Fuente was totally the opposite. You know, he just – his system worked for him, but he wasn't very welcoming. He didn't want anybody around. He just only wanted the guys who played ball right then. If they graduated, like even though if they played for him, if they graduated and wasn't there anymore, he didn't want anybody around but his own team, man. It is, mm. yeah, so, for Norvell to uh, welcome us uh, in like that, man, and to have us around and 
letting us feel a part of the program and the success and him instilling in those young men that's over there right now that, look, uh, because I'm one of those, I, I show a lot of respect, man. If, if you came and played before me and you're older than me, what, what, I mean, even not in athletics, if you are an older person older than me, I'm going to show you all the respect and all the reverence in the world. So that's what Mike Norbell is preaching in those young men that, hey, these dudes played before you, man. So you need to show them respect. You need to thank them. I don't care about all the success that you all are having or the lack of success some of these guys may have had with their, on the teams that they played for on that came before you all. So show them some respect. Show them some reverence. And he's letting them know that this is a family and it always will be a family because it is a family and it always will be a family, whether you play football, basketball, golf, track, any of that. So uh, we have to salute him for that, man. Yeah, he... He gets a little bit too fired up sometimes. Some of them would be <laughs> calm down because ain't none of us in the play, man. We old and we hurt, bro. Enthusiasm, <laughs> man. All right. Justice Bolden's still there. One last question, and then we're going we're gonna to let you go, Doc. Holiday. I know it's a very uh, uh, restful and probably busy morning. Whichever way it's going for you. Man, I'm, chilling, man, I'm chilling with y'all, man. I appreciate oh. y'all. I'm going to work when I finish talking to y'all. <laughs> there you go. Okay, okay. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Justice, go ahead, sir. Yeah. So, so Doc, the University of Memphis football team, over the last, I'd say, five seasons, uh, they've enjoyed having great quarterback play, both from Paxton Lynch and Riley Ferguson. With the, both of those guys now moving on, uh, where does it, what do the Tigers look like when it relates to quarterbacks? And do you think they can maintain somewhat of a similar success as, as they transition? It's like they better turn around and hand that rock off to those three monsters of running backs that they have in the back that they haven't had anybody to and take that uh, quarterback position right now, man. It's you know it's it's hard to replace a Paxton Lynch, you know, and they did it and they stumbled upon Riley Ferguson. So now it's even harder to replace a Riley Ferguson and the quarterbacks that they have. You know, one of them has decided to transfer on Brady. Um, because, you know, they just couldn't snatch the job this spring. But, you know, it is spring ball, man. Uh, Mike Norbell has an entire summer to work with these young men and try to get somebody right. Come going into the uh, summer camp, uh, uh, preseason camp. But we can't, we can't expect to have another Paxton or Riley this year because what we have right now, we don't have one of those on the roster. Now, if, if we luck up and get somebody in the summertime, that'd be great. Uh, but, of course, it's going to have to adjust, you know, how his game plan a little bit. They can't be throwing the ball all over the place because even with that, man, not only those two quarterbacks, you know, you don't have, you don't have an Anthony Miller out there. It's just, they don't have one. You know, that's why he'll be going in the draft tomorrow, you know. It may be sliding in late today, but yeah. tomorrow, man. So those kind of players that they're hard to substitute, man. They're hard to replace. So the good thing about it, they do have really two heck of a running backs and Patrick Taylor and Daryl Henderson, man. So if they ever get in the funk, man, just hand it, turn around and hand that thing up because yep. those two dudes, you get them 15, 16, 17 carries a game apiece if you have to and don't be throwing it all over the place and they can still have the same success because the defense should be better than they were last year. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you, man, looking at last year's team, um, I almost wish they would have, uh, even though they were you know, extremely dynamic on offense, one of the best in the country, uh, most exciting to watch with Ferguson, the gunslinger he was, and Anthony Miller one of the best one-two combinations in the country. But there were some games where I wish, hey, Dale Henderson, Patrick Taylor were literally taking the game over 
um, in, in stretches. And they're like, man, can you imagine if these guys got more touches, what they can do? Um, so I think you're definitely going to see that next year. And personally, I like David Moore, uh, the quarterback. I know he was uh, the backup last year. I've heard some, some good things about him heading in. You know, I know it's going to be mm-hmm. a tough competition uh, for him. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And then you got Sam Kraft coming back, looks like, as well. Uh, so I'm sure that's going to help uh, come the next year. It depends on how healthy he is. Not only, I mean, and, 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 and the, the, the young man, he smiles and laughs every time I tell him this. But, you know, the, the most dangerous man in college football, man, that's Tony Pollard. Yeah. You know, they have some weapons on offense, and I'm glad you did say something about David because David is extremely athletic, man. He gives, you know, he gives what Riley, what he's slacking as far as Riley's slanging that thing. David can make some plays with his with his legs, man. But and you, you know you're talking about those running backs. Now, they had Daryl Henderson in that in that Liberty Bowl game against Iowa State. Oh man, game man, definitely say that. But how they had Daryl, they would have won that game. So not having him was huge. But getting him back and having those weapons on offense that they have, man, they have still have a chance to be extremely good next season. Yeah, and uh, Doc, let me let me ask you this: uh, We had uh, the coach. Uh, uh, Norvell was talking about his defense and how happy he was with the defense in the spring practice and all that. If they are that good and he's so happy about the defense and their performance, then uh, are we underestimating the offense here? Because if you got a great defense, then that means the offense has got to you got to give it some credit. Because if they're playing somewhat good against a great defense, which uh, Norvell says he has. Then uh, the office is, is, is probably could be better than we think. Yeah. We think, yeah, you know, and, and I'm 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 going to get to my old younger Doc Holiday, Memphis State University, Memphis South Hall living days right now. <laughs> Look, man, I love my Tigers, but it, I, I like I was telling the defensive guys because at the spring game, you know, Norville kind of he, he he split us up. He, you know, he had the offensive guys on the side with the team D'Angelo was coaching. And had the defensive guys on the side with Jake Elliott, and I told them, "All that bragging on the defense, man. This is spring, man. I've been, I've been through spring. <laughs> I don't even want to go through the spring. So the defensive guys, all y'all have to do is read and react. They got a new quarterback. They're fighting for a quarterback job. Yeah. You got, you know, you got the running back. They, they would have playing what they should have been. They should have been practicing too hard anyway, and they really would have to tell it Darren Henderson. So. They're not going all out, you know. So, of course, yeah. the defense played well. But just like I told them, man, my offense, they chilling, bro. This is the spring, man. We don't care about <laughs> Man, this spring football is unnecessary. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. Keep it real. My man, Doc, Doc Holiday, man, sports director, ABC 24, man, and uh, talk of Memphis Tigers, man. And look, man, um, unless anybody else got any questions, I don't know uh, – I, I just want to say, Doc, keep doing what you're doing with ABC 24, man. We we enjoy your show and, and just yeah. the realness that you bring and, and that you brought here today, man. We we love it, man. So just like I said, keep doing what you do. Yeah, I pre- man, appreciate it, man. I just praise God, everybody, man. Just trust God's process in your life and do take your ego out of decisions and work as hard as you can and watch how God works, man. Because I'm I'm a living example of it, man. So you yes, know, sir. if people thank me, I thank God for these for these opportunities, and I'm just doing what God wants me and asks me to do in the moment that I'm in, man. So I, And I appreciate you all having me this morning. Hey, uh, Doc Holliday, ABC 24, CW30 Sports Director. It's been a pleasure and honor to have you on today, and we'll look forward to jo- for you joining us again. Y'all let me know, man. Y'all have a good day. All right, man, you too.
All right. All right. Uh, guys, we're going to take a break right here, and we'll be back. And we'll... And, and just to check, uh, can you uh, think you got any time, Justice, to talk back, come back a little bit? I definitely have some time to talk 2019 and 2020 Memphis recruiting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So y'all stay tuned for that, man, coming up. Don't go anywhere. Hey. <laughs> All right, we're going to be back after this. You're listening to Talk Back Live with Bob. And Josh. 8.43, 43 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. A very pleasant good morning to you on a Thursday morning. Great conversation. And phone lines are open, 901-452-3094 or 901-324-7490 with our guest, Justice Bolton. We'll be back after this. For the best quality and comfort when you sleep, it is Sleepy Z's Mattresses by Michael Zellner. Call him at 901-692-6200. And welcome back to the show, Talk Back Live with Bob. Josh. 48, 48 minutes past the hour, 9 o'clock, and a very pleasant good morning to you on a Thursday morning. Yes, sir. And uh, let's go back and uh, welcome now Justice Bowden, contributor to TalkBackLiveNetwork.org out of Los Angeles, California. And Justice, I don't know if it's raining there like it is here, but uh, hey, well, anyway. You know it doesn't rain in Southern California. So it's, it's nice and nice and sunny and pleasant. That's today. right. I, you know, I forget. Yeah, I, I appreciate you bragging. Uh, <laughs> but just, I'm just letting you know what it is. <laughs> hey, man, but let us know what it is on recruiting, man. What's going on? Well, I, the Bluff City Legends and, uh, took place in the, uh, in the EYBL. Uh, they took part in it this past weekend down at Dallas. Uh, Doc mentioned did a little bit, but uh, we had some had some guys that had some good showings. Uh, number one, Chandler Lawson. Uh, he was probably the best player for the Bluff City Legends this weekend. And then, for those who don't know, Bluff City Legends that's formerly Team Penny. Now that Penny's the head coach at Memphis, they they reverted back to their old name. So, but no, no uh, Chandler played well. Uh, him, him, James Wiseman, and also Malcolm Sanders. Uh, they 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 played really well for for those guys, and they only went two and two, and I think it was likely due to the guard play. So they've uh, done some things to sure sure that up, and uh, they're going to be adding uh, former Southwind star Mark Freeman. Uh, he'll be playing with them in Indianapolis this weekend, so I think that's going to help big time. Zion Harmon was a was a freshman who was running point guard for the kid out of Kentucky who played with Boo Williams on the circuit last year. He's widely regarded as one of the top players in the class of uh, 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but nonetheless, uh, the Tigers are they're in on some on big time recruits uh, coming up in, in not only 2019 but 2020. Interesting, interesting, man. A lot of going on with that, and um, you know, you, you look at the uh, the Bluff City Legends, man. And Penny was down there uh, watching this former team, and it's funny that so many different uh, regulations when it comes to recruiting, and even hearing him talk about it. You know how he couldn't really talk to anybody. Um, you know, just had to just kind of stand there. It's nothing more than a hello to some of the guys and and everything. But what what's interesting? How do you feel with what's left in this class right now? You got one scholarship left, maybe two. I guess it depends on what happened with uh, Kareem Azab. Um, 
what do you think is left for the team to need to to get right now? Well, I think they could they could add a big. Uh, Penny mentioned you know they'd like to add a stretch four. Uh, Jordan Brown, he's a he's a five star McDonald's All American, still uncommitted. The Tigers are in there with Cal, Stanford, and uh, some other schools on the West Coast. So he's a possibility uh, simply because he's still uncommitted this late in the stage. And the Tigers, with their, their staff and ability to recruit, are going to likely put the full-court press on him. So he's one kid they could add for 20, 2018. Uh, and they also made, Penny mentioned they were looking to add a shooter. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's not somebody on the wing that can really fill it up that they're looking to add to uh, the 2018 class. But for the most part, it's the 2019 class that really has the potential to be special. I, did, I didn't mention DJ Jeffries earlier, but uh, he also – uh, played played solid this weekend. Not his not his best, but uh, he's still widely regarded as one of the better players in America. He's a Kentucky commit, but he's of course he hasn't signed. That won't take place until November, so there's still time for the Tigers to make up ground. And they're also looking at uh, Trendon Watson, who played for the Georgia Stars. Uh, his his brother actually used to play with the Memphis Magic AAU team back in the day when Joe Jackson and those guys uh, were playing and Cowboy was coaching. So. Uh, they're in on some, on some big time guys. They, uh, Mike Miller had an uh, at home visit with Matthew Hurt, who's out of Minnesota, a 6'9, 5 star. So uh, it, it just appears that the Tigers are going to kill it when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Man, Penny has definitely done a great job. I don't think there can be any doubt um, about that, especially when you look at the short time he's been here. And Memphis, arguably, what, top 25 class, top, heard top 30, top 25 so far um, right now, man. And you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how it all plays out heading into next season. But looking at the roster that we have right now, um, you know, do you think, what what is your expectations? I know this is early, you know, and still a little bit to be done. Still trying to add that last assistant, which a lot of us feel, and we, I think, got you know, a pretty safe uh, assumption that of who it's going to be. But... Heading into next year, what do you think is safe to expect? Is it safe to expect NCAA tournament? Is it safe to say that? I, I think it's, it's safe to expect not only NCAA tournament, but but, but conference championship. Mm. Back five seniors who have experience. Number one, Jeremiah Martin, the point guard. Obviously, he went down with an injury, but he showed that he can score at a high level. And now, um, you know, what they're going to be bringing in at point guard, there'll be opportunities for him to slide off the ball. Uh, when you look at uh, shooting guard, who they bring it back, Kareem Brute, uh, he really needs no introduction to Tiger fans in terms of what he could do late in games. Uh, he hit the game winner against Temple, and then he, he knocked another one down in the conference tournament to send them to the semifinals against uh, Cincinnati. So he's a guy who we know can score. We know he can handle the ball. Uh, he can he can score in, in a variety of ways, especially in the mid range area. So he 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 returns, and then you got Rainier Thornton. Uh, six seven, about two thirty, uh, at the small four position. He took a step forward in terms of really improving his jump shot. So, a good summer of player development for him, especially when it relates to working on his ball handling and finishing, is going to help out. He's also a pretty good defensive player. Keevan Davenport at the four, mm-hmm. uh, you know, six eight. He was a junior college All American, and he comes right in as a as a, as a junior and averages uh, right around fourteen points and almost eight rebounds and, and nearly blocks two shots a game. So you put him in the weight room, uh, Davenport was only about 210, 215 pounds. You put him in the weight room, and 
you expect even more things out of him. He made a lot of threes this past season. He showed that he can not only he can play above the rim, but he can uh, make shots in that mid-range area, and he can defend. Mm-hmm. So those are four guys, and then we haven't mentioned Mike Park, who yep. like, he was nearly you know double-digit points and, and uh, you know rebound at a high level. He's a high-percentage guy. He knows how to use his body. So once again, you'll hear me talk about uh, player development and also getting in the weight room um, during the summer. I think Davenport and uh, Park could stand the best in terms of improving their either quickness, athleticism, or their strength of the core by just getting in the weight room and working with the strength coach. And I, and I think uh, that is going to happen. So when you talk about those five guys returning, and then we, we bring in Alex Lomax, who I expect him to take over many of the duties in terms of handling the ball and distributing to the guys, uh, especially with Jeremiah Martin being able to score like he can. Um, Alo is, is going to take a lot off of uh, – Jeremiah's shoulders, and hopefully that means uh, that he's a lot healthier uh, his senior season. Tyler Harris, the uh, four-star out of Cordova. Mm-hmm. So we, we know he can score. So when you add him in, and then Antoine Jones is a six-six big guard uh, who I think got NBA potential. Uh, he's, he's around 215 pounds. He's got a real swagger to his game, and he can get his shot off. You know, He can kind of lull you to sleep, and the next thing you know, he's putting the ball in the basket. You add them in with Isaiah Maurice, who I think is, is almost like if you think of the, uh, Sean Taggart back in the day, he's more athletic than Sean Taggart, but game where he can not only shoot from the outside, but he can finish on the inside. Uh, he's defensive-minded. The Tigers are going to be really good. Interesting season, and hey, guys, we're out of time. And hey, uh, Justice, as always, man, uh, tell the people how they can follow you if you're, you're on Twitter. And, uh, and the website, yeah on the show with us. Oh, yeah. Well, right now they can follow me on Twitter at Justice S. Bolden. I'm, I'm working on some things on, on my end, so uh, when I when I get that going, I'm definitely going to let you guys know, but uh, yeah, as of right now, Justice uh, S. Bolden on Twitter, and uh, you know, I'm also pretty pretty active on Facebook here and there. Definitely, definitely, brother. Man, it's been a pleasure to have you on this morning, as always, and uh, hey, stay, well, not stay dry, but... Enjoy the sunshine, Justin. <laughs> We're gonna enjoy it. Uh, the grassroots circuit is back, so uh, you know I've, I've been I've been at, at a lot of tournaments as of late. You know, doing yeah. some refereeing, so I'll be seeing some more big time prospects over the next couple weekends. Definitely, definitely, brother. Thanks for joining us. Next time. All right, hey, that's gonna do it for us today. Coming up next is the Brian Eccles Sports Show, and coming up at eleven o'clock is the Sports. Bar and Grill with John Lawson and company. 1 o'clock today is the 1 p.m. show with Ira and Jay. 2 p.m. back to the net. 3 p.m. today it is Sports Talk. And Bill Moore this afternoon. 5 to 7 it is Memphis Real Talk with Jenny Bernard. And at 7 o'clock is Ben Ether and the Power Hour. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. to do it all over.